When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 17 of John Remington, Martyr, by Pansy and Mrs. C.M. Livingston. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Chapter 17. Complications. Meantime, the object of all this solicitation was having, as the days went by, an unexpected experience. The advent of Mr. Alec Palmer into her social world again was somewhat startling. He had been in town but three days, when he passed in the Chilton carriage, with Elsie and Miss Redpath for companions. Various social duties had held Elsie for the unusual space of three days, from making her custom trips to the Remington home, which accounted for the new arrival not being heralded there. As for the ride together which had disturbed Earl Mason so much, it was no part of Elsie's planning. She was at first not disturbed by Aunt Emily's announcement that Miss Hargrave said Alec Palmer had lost his wife, and settled up his foreign affairs and come home to stay. She had evinced but little interest in the information, and had shown by her manner that Alec Palmer and his comings and goings were nothing to her. She reflected that it was not likely they would meet for some time, at least. Probably, since he was in affliction, he did not go into general society, and indeed she went herself as little as possible into the society which belonged to his clique. So within a half-hour from the time when she heard of his arrival, she had dismissed him from her thoughts— and was astonished and not a little annoyed to meet him on that very evening at their own dinner-table. She had been detained in the library by one of the secretaries of their missionary society, and had sent word that they were not to wait for her, so dinner was in progress when she entered the dining-room. "'We had to waive all ceremony, daughter,' said Mr. Chilton, as she paused on her way to her seat at the sight of a stranger with his back to her. "'I have a special engagement this evening, and was obliged to hasten,' "'We have an old acquaintance here, Elsie, as a surprise for you.' At the sound of the word daughter, Mr. Alec Palmer had risen and turned to meet her. His manner was simply perfect. There was no effusive pleasure expressed, no excitement, no embarrassment. His face and action said as plainly as words could have done, "'Yes, we are old acquaintances, it is true, but a gulf has rolled between us since that time, a gulf of sorrow and wrecked hopes.' He had the air of a man who had lost his home, and his friend, and left his heart in a grave. He was quiet, reserved, and apparently indifferent. Before the dinner was over, Elsie had decided that she was sorry for him, and that she had nothing to fear from him in the future, which thought would not have given her so much comfort, perhaps, if she had realized that this was precisely the impression which he desired, and intended to make. When the family adjourned to the parlor, the guest had but very few words for Elsie, and these mere commonplaces. 
he appeared exceedingly well said just enough about his own experiences to impress one with the feeling that here was a man who had suffered and that the wound was too deep to be touched you have heard of my great bereavement i suppose he said and elsie explained that she had not heard it until a very short time before and tried to express in a brief sentence the proper sympathy he interrupted her sorrowfully it was months ago he said but i find that my friends in america know nothing about it that is not strange i did not write i could not some things cannot be written it is hard enough to have to live them with a long-drawn sigh and a grave bow he turned away and gave his exclusive attention to her father for the next fifteen minutes then excused himself poor fellow said mr chilton returning from the door when he had seen his guest out he is crushed i never saw such change in a man he cannot even attend to business though he has plenty of it and of great importance upon his hands he will break into the midst of a business statement with some reminiscence about his wife elsie listened complacently she was certainly better satisfied with alec palmer than she had been before in years if he had married a good woman and was capable of cherishing her memory elsie thought it might have been of great benefit to him though i should think she told herself that it must have been a comfort to her to die why what am i saying of course she loved him or she would not have married him but it seemed so very strange that a good woman could though perhaps she did not know him as i do i hope she did not since she was to be his wife i really hope he succeeded in seeming good to her and then this young lady dismissed him from her thoughts and her world two days afterwards she and her friend miss redpath were making a series of business calls as the carriage passed her father's office elsie said oh i must stop here for a moment i have a telephone message for papa that he will need to receive at once mr chilton had been sent for and had come to the carriage door to receive the message accompanied by alec palmer who simply lifted his hat and waited the business matter settled mr chilton said which way daughter are you going to drive out to greenhurst then just take mr palmer in will you and set him down at the real estate office that will be a shorter trip for you palmer than it will be to go around by streetcar oh of course it's convenient these ladies do not care where they drive so that they get the air moreover they are going directly past the place jump in thus urged mr palmer took his seat and was during the long drive the same grave preoccupied man who had dined with them two days before and the carriage rolled in due time past the remington parsonage its occupants being distinctly visible to earl mason in the easy chair the weeks which followed were full of curious bewilderments to elsie chilton no dove sheltered securely in her nest was ever more closely watched by a wily serpent than was she truth to tell alec palmer was a gentleman who knew generally what he was about and he never knew better than at this moment he had married in haste and the uppermost feeling in his mind during that exciting time when he had planned the engagement and marriage had been an intense desire to pique elsie chilton so little did he understand the past that he could not believe however angry she might have been with him temporarily that she had the least intention of losing him entirely he had for so many years believed himself to be the most important marriageable gentleman in society as to be unable to conceive of the possibility of a woman who had a chance to marry him actually refusing to do so she was simply testing her power and he resolved to prove to her the sharpest of all lessons that it was possible for a woman to go too far since she had dismissed him in the indignant way she had 
insulted him indeed he would show her the result and the result was his wedding cards let me hasten to do him the justice to say that he did not break the heart of the woman he married she was older than himself in wretched health and very tired of all the people by whom she was surrounded she admired mr palmer and had the impression that he was wealthy enough not to desire to marry her simply for money which was the demon that had haunted her life heretofore she imagined that he would be an agreeable companion in the daily weary drives the physician obliged her to take that he would look after her houses and lands and stocks and bonds and was sharp enough not to allow her to be swindled that he would protect her from fortune hunters and agents of all description and in short give her a chance to finish her life in peace all this be it known he had done being a gentleman when he chose and finding the elegant home to which the lady invited him agreeable the guests which they succeeded in gathering about them sharp businessmen with whom he could confer to his advantage and finding that his wife claimed no more of his time or of his interest than he chose to give and finding that he could be a source of comfort to her as she steadily failed he took up that part of his life which he saw was to be brief and played it well to the very end nevertheless when he bade good-bye to that portion of the world and started for home such heart as alec palmer could be said to possess was not buried in an english grave truth to tell as much as he was capable of loving any one beside himself alec palmer loved only one and that elsie chilton there had been times when he repented having given her so severe a lesson there had been times when he feared it would be a longer lesson than it proved but now that it was over he decided that all things considered it was the best he could have done for himself and for her it gave him an opportunity to approach her from an entirely new side of his character to take her unawares to discover to her that he the grave reserved broken man was nevertheless necessary to her comfort to accomplish this he set himself with all the skill which his wily nature and keen brain possessed nor did he doubt that he would have a faithful ally in elsie's father he had not been mr chilton's confidential business friend and adviser for so many years for nothing he knew almost to a fraction the condition of that gentleman's affairs moreover he knew some things which mr chilton did not it had been part of his plans to complicate their business relations that no one but himself could understand or work his way successfully out and so he had complicated them that he could work them out successfully or confuse them the more whichever he chose part at least of the confusion was growing painfully plain to mr chilton that mr palmer was responsible for such a condition of affairs he did not understand but that mr palmer alone was capable of saving to him a large amount of money was only too apparent if mr palmer was a schemer so also was mr chilton no sooner had he received a cablegram announcing that gentleman's coming than he began to think what if his thousands which were in peril could be saved to him and added to by almost innumerable thousands by making his interest in mr palmer's one and how could this better be done than by reviving the old plan the failure of which had been the heavy disappointment of his life men as young as palmer were sure to marry again this had been but a brief episode in his life easily forgotten and elsie was a girl whom to know once was to remember mr chilton felt almost certain that palmer would be willing to scheme with him in this regard nor had they been long together when they perfectly understood each other not that they were bold outspoken men who would make coarse reference to any project of this sort 
nothing was further from the polish of the two courtly gentlemen. Mr. Chilton's manner of giving condolence, and Mr. Palmer's manner of receiving it, were perfect. But as he introduced his guest to one room to make his toilette, and retired to his own for the same purpose, he said, "'He hasn't forgotten Elsie by any manner of means. He's just as willing to see her as he ever was.' And the guest, as he washed his carefully kept hands with perfumed soap, said to himself with a complacent smile, "'The old gentleman is twice as willing as he was before, that is evident. Now if he will only consent to keep in the background, and let me manage the daughter, he will find that I can float him through.' And as the weeks passed in the same courtly, careful way in which it was all to be managed, Mr. Chilton was given to understand that it was Mr. Palmer's intention to float him through, and to do it by the means which he himself would consider the safest for all concerned. Meantime, Elsie, in blissful ignorance of all this scheming, moved on at first in her quiet way, relieved exceedingly to find that Alec Palmer continued his grave, courteous, indifferent bearing towards her, never calling at the house with the ostensible purpose of seeing her, but asking always for the father, explaining always that business complications had arisen which made it necessary for them to meet, giving always exceedingly few words to her. He has really improved very much, Elsie explained to her one confidant, Mrs. Remington, as they sat together on a rainy evening. I could almost enjoy his society sometimes nowadays. He has had rare opportunities abroad, you know. This last time, for meeting celebrities, visiting fine private libraries, and seeing private collections of rare paintings, it is really interesting to hear him talk. He addresses very little of his conversation to me, but sometimes when Papa keeps him waiting, he entertains Aunt Emily. I am always a little sorry for him. He has such an air of sadness about him, as if it were an effort to talk, but as though he realized that he must exert himself and entertain her. If I could forget a few things in the past, Mrs. Remington, I could almost respect Mr. Palmer, just because of the feeling he evidently had for his dead wife. Some way I didn't believe it possible that he could have loved her. I think I didn't expect him to love anybody but himself. "'Do you see so much of him?' inquired Mrs. Remington. "'Oh, very little, indeed. And then, as I said, only by accident. He has some complicated business connections with Papa. I don't understand it, but it is something which has been worrying Papa, I think, in the past, and which is being settled to his satisfaction now. I know he has great confidence in Mr. Palmer's powers of management. Whenever any complication occurs, matters have to be talked over, so Mr. Palmer calls frequently.' When Papa is at home and at leisure, they retire at once to the study, and we see no more of them that night. But if, as often occurs, he arrives when Papa is downtown, or before he has left his dressing-room, it becomes necessary, of course, for someone to entertain the guest, or rather, for him to arouse himself and entertain us, which he does, I tell you, always with an effort, the result of which is he succeeds in being entertaining. I don't know that I can make you understand what I mean— and it is an extremely silly thing to say. I shouldn't think of saying it to anybody else. But it really is such a pleasant sensation to sit in the same room with Alec Palmer, and know that I am nothing to him, and he is nothing to me, and that we are both satisfied about it, and perfectly indifferent to each other, that it actually gives me almost a sense of comfort in his presence, such as I have never experienced before." If Mrs. Remington had spoken her thoughts, which she was much too wise to do, they would have been after this manner. I wish I had Earl Mason behind that closet door listening to this confession. He would understand some things better than he does now. So the weeks went by. 
the first days of spring which came early in that region were making little john wild with delight and causing older people to feel languid and unlike entering upon their heavy duties for example elsie chilton at the close of one of these enervating spring days while she dressed for an evening rehearsal declared to herself that she wished benefit concerts were out of fashion or that she did not have to sing at them that at least they did not have to spend this april evening in a weary rehearsal she felt utterly unmusical felt indeed like nothing in life so much as having a frolic with little john and a quiet visit with his mother after little john was asleep truth to tell there were beginning to be some perplexities in these spring days which elsie would have been very willing to talk over with mrs remington she was seeing much more of alec palmer than she had any desire to not that his attentions to her were marked or offensive his manner continued to be perfect but the phase of the question which tried elsie was the comments of the outside world in one way and another all of which seemed perfectly natural at the time elsie was thrown into mr palmer's society either her father called to her in passing and asked her to take him up and drop him at this bank or that real estate office or he overtook her as she was about to make her way across a crowded street or as she was trying in vain to signal a crowded car and offered his services as pilot or he came to see her father at a time when that gentleman was detained at a committee meeting and aunt emily was kept in her room with a sick headache and waited with a subdued air of submission to the inevitable sometimes for two mortal hours during which time it seemed to elsie that most of her acquaintances especially of the class given to commenting upon other people's affairs called upon her by these and various other methods had been started little ripples of talk in the circle to which they belonged the result of which was that elsie oftener than was by any means agreeable overheard her name coupled with that of alec palmer once more there was a reason which she did not put into words for being annoyed about all this indeed she scarcely put it into definite thought it was unpleasant enough certainly to have any of that uninteresting class of people known under the general name of society gossiping about her planning her future for her in such an absurd connection as this but suppose that the gossips knowing certain facts and being able to call upon their imaginations for many more should gossip before earl mason for instance and lead him or any other person whom she respected to imagine that she could for one moment be guilty of receiving again serious intentions from mr palmer the bare supposition made elsie's cheeks burn like fire and the fingers which were trying to fasten the pin at her throat trembled as she said aloud and vehemently i wish i need never see him again i wonder why it is that poor papa always has to be mixed up with people whom it is so hard for me to receive this is too disagreeable to endure it must be very trying to him as well as to me it is really an insult to the memory of his wife if i were he i could manage things differently it cannot be that he knows there is any such absurd talk or he would avoid coming here at times when i am most compelled to see him though after all he is as careful as he can be perhaps if only papa could be more considerate i wish i could go away somewhere and stay a long long time until people would forget about me and let me alone but i can't go away now before fern is married the meditations and the toilette which had been somewhat hurried were concluded together and elsie rushed downstairs to meet the impatient boy who had been sent to attend her to the concert end of chapter seventeen
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.